We have seen bills targeting our art forms, our books, our history, and our healthcare. This interview, if I had it in Uganda, the studio, the entity, myself would be criminalized. Homophobia and transphobia we are seeing towards queer and trans persons in Uganda is mostly peddled by extreme American evangelicals. As long as you're convicted more than once, you become a serial offender and you could be executed. This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Hungarian President Vito's queer family snitch bill, Montana's sidelined trans state rep undeterred, and Ugandan activist lobbies against killing the gays. Those stories and more this week now that you've chosen This Way Out. I'm David Hunt. And I'm Melanie Keller. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending April 29, 2023. Hungarian President Katalin Novak is taking a rare stand against far-right anti-LGBTQ Prime Minister Viktor Orban. Novak vetoed a bill this week that allowed citizens to file anonymous reports to police fingering same-gender couples who are raising children. The measure backed by Orban also restricted the rights of a child to an identity appropriate to their sex at birth. The president is usually in lockstep with the prime minister. However, her veto letter to the National Assembly asked lawmakers to remove those provisions. The measure's purpose is to facilitate crackdowns on corruption under Hungarian law by adapting European Union statutes. She said that the extraneous provisions do not strengthen, but rather weaken, the protection of fundamental values. President Novak's veto can be overridden with a simple majority vote. The European Commission has taken legal umbrage with Hungary over its increasingly anti-queer laws, including constitutional bans on marriage and adoption and laws banning so-called gay propaganda. The European Parliament and more than a dozen individual member states have joined a case against Hungary before the Court of Justice of the European Union, the largest human rights infringement procedure ever brought there. Full-fledged Tokyo Rainbow Pride burst out of COVID restrictions for the first time in four years to parade through the city's major Shibuya and Harajuku districts. An estimated 200,000 marched on April 22nd and attended related Pride events. Press on till Japan changes was the theme at the festivities. Pride participants demanded that Prime Minister Fumio Kishida allow lawmakers to consider full marriage for same-gender couples or at least some form of civil unions. The most recent public opinion polls support them, but Kishida's conservative administration has blocked any efforts in court and the legislature to open the civil institution to queer couples. Kishida is hosting the Group of Seven Economic Consortium in Hiroshima in May. Even though close to 300 local jurisdictions symbolically recognize same-gender couples, Japan is the only member of the G7 without national marriage equality. 
you won't find three-time U.S. National Basketball Association champion Dwayne Wade strolling down the boulevard that bears his name anymore. Wade had lived in Florida since he led the Miami Heat to NBA championships in 2006, 2012, and 2013. But his family no longer resides in Miami-Dade County, the place his fans still call Wade County. Wade and his actress wife, Gabrielle Union, sold their Miami Beach property in 2021 and moved to Los Angeles. He explained why on the Showtime interview series, Headliners, this week. I had to make decisions for my family, um, not just personal individual decisions. I mean, obviously the taxes is great. Okay. You know, having Wade County is great. But my family ain't, ain't, would not be accepted or feel comfortable there. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I don't live there. Wade and Union are the outspoken parents of a transgender daughter named Zaya. They expressed their love and support for Zaya again when they accepted the President's Award at the 54th Annual NAACP Awards in February. An Instagram post has the family proudly posing ahead of Zaya's first winter formal. Considering the anti-queer culture wars of Republican presidential wannabe Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, their move is not a shocker. Governor DeSantis is falling behind both in his undeclared race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination and in his Mickey Mouse war. The Walt Disney Company filed suit against DeSantis this week over his efforts to punish the company's strong corporate criticism of the infamous Don't Say Gay Law. The company and its Orlando-based Walt Disney World is one of Florida's largest employers. Employee and public pressure pushed the mouse to show its might. DeSantis then tried to usurp Disney's special district authority over the area where Walt Disney World is located. He got the legislature to replace the district governing board with a state board made up of his own cronies. Disney called that a targeted campaign of government retaliation. In the suit filed on April 26th in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida. Meanwhile, the state ban on classroom discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity up to third grade, that was the original bone of contention, has gotten worse. Last week, the DeSantis-loyal Florida Board of Education expanded the censorship laws to apply all the way through high school graduation. That's the sound of an estimated 300 drag queens and their supporters storming the Florida State House on April 24th. They came to Tallahassee to protest Governor Ron DeSantis' efforts to virtually erase all public existence of LGBTQ people. In addition to the Don't Say Gay law, the attention-craving DeSantis has pushed through bills that force trans people to use bathrooms according to their birth certificate gender, ban drag performances and gender-affirming health care for minors, and prohibit transgender females from competing in school sports. Orlando drag queen and queer activist Darcel Stevens was one of the drag queen's march organizers. She condemned the anti-queer laws passed by this session's Republican-majority lawmakers and signed into law by DeSantis, calling them cruel, unjust, full of hypocrisy, and counter to the very values Republicans claim to uphold. Despite the colorful protest, there's now an official travel warning from the queer advocacy group Equality Florida. They say it's no longer safe for LGBTQ tourists to visit the Sunshine State. We will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. 
Republican-controlled U.S. state governments are guaranteeing lots of work for district and federal courts. Of the more than 450 bills to restrict or deny rights to LGBTQ people introduced just during the first four months of this year, two came to the docket this week. Last week's over-the-top edict by Missouri's Attorney General banning gender-affirming health care for all transgender people, regardless of age, has been halted. 21st, Judicial Circuit Judge Ellen Roboto issued a ruling on April 27th temporarily stopping its enforcement. Lambda Legal and the ACLU are leading the legal challenge in the show-me-state as they are with similar litigation across the country. The U.S. Department of Justice filed suit on April 26th to challenge Tennessee's law banning gender-affirming health care for trans kids under the age of 18. That law also places parents and doctors who attempt to provide care like puberty blockers and hormone therapy in legal jeopardy. The DOJ joined three local families in their lawsuit against the measure. Finally, was this a breach of decorum? If you vote yes on this bill, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. Montana's transgender state lawmaker, Democrat Zoe Zephyr, was speaking in strong opposition to a bill to outlaw gender-affirming health care for transgender young people. The bill predictably passed this week. Zephyr's remarks were criticized by the Speaker of the Republican-dominated State House last week. And this week, the necessary two-thirds majority voted to prohibit her from entering the House chamber or participating in the legislative process for the rest of the current session. Before the vote to kick her out of the House, the Speaker had to clear the gallery of Zephyr's supporters before letting her speak. Several were arrested. It is my honor today, as with every day in this body, to rise on behalf of my constituents in House District 100 from Missoula, Montana. Today, I rise in defense of those constituents, of my community, and of democracy itself. This legislature has systematically attacked that community. We have seen bills targeting our art forms, our books, our history, and our health care. I have had friends who have taken their lives because of these bills. I have fielded calls from families in Montana, including one family whose trans teenager attempted to take her life while watching a hearing on one of the anti-trans bills. So when I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. And when the speaker asks me to apologize what he is, uh, on behalf of decorum, what he is really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. When the speaker disallowed me to speak, what he was doing is taking away the voices of the 11,000 Montanans who, who elected me to speak on their behalf. And when the speaker gaveled down the people demanding that democracy work, demanding that their representative be heard, when he gaveled down what he was doing is driving a nail in the coffin of democracy. Montana State Representative Zephyr was pictured this week sitting on a bench outside the chamber with her laptop, doing her best to represent her Missoula constituents under the circumstances. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending April 29th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. 
help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Melanie Keller. Stay healthy. And I'm David Hunt. Stay safe. At the April 29th White House Correspondents' Dinner... I believe in the First Amendment, not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. (laughs) If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I had a lot of Ron DeSantis jokes ready, but Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me, got there first. After his re-election as governor, he was asked if he had a mandate. He said, hell no, I'm straight. That was U.S. President Joe Biden. Hi, this is Greg Luganis, and you're listening to This Way Out. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. If you thought Uganda's infamous anti-homosexuality legislation was a thing of the past, think again. The so-called kill the gays measure is back with a vengeance, as This Way Out's Marcos Nahero reports. Uganda's President Yaweri Museveni sent the latest iteration of its anti-homosexuality bill back to parliament. It's not enough for him that it makes even identifying as anything contrary to the binary categories of male and female, punishable by up to 20 years in prison, and prescribes execution of repeat offenders for aggravated homosexuality. He's reportedly concerned that it needs the reinforcement and the strengthening of some provisions in line with our best practices. Veteran Ugandan LGBTQ activist Frank Mugisha has been in Washington, D.C., lobbying for support against the bill that has been circulating in various forms for more than a decade. Mugisha was interviewed on April 17th by Amy Goodman of Democracy Now!, The legislation that has been um, passed by our parliament is one of the most extreme legislations, anti-gay legislations, to be passed in Africa. This legislation would compel any person who knows an LGBTQ person to report them to the authorities. A Catholic like myself, if I confess to my priest, my priest has to report me to the authorities. Any person who goes to seek treatment from a health practitioner, they would have to report them to the authority. This law further would criminalize any landlord who provides housing to an LGBTQ person. This law would outlaw the work I am doing on speaking out for LGBTQ persons but also it would criminalize anything I post on my social media that advocates or promotes the human rights of LGBTQ persons. This interview that I'm having now, if I had it in Uganda, the studio, the entity, myself, would be criminalized. This legislation 
is here to erase the entire livelihood of the LGBTQ person in Uganda. It's important to note that the initial text of the bill did not have the death penalty. To show you how extreme the members of the Ugandan parliament are, the death penalty was introduced during the debate. The death penalty would criminalize any person who is a serial offender. It means that any person who breaks the law more than once under this legislation would be criminalized. If a landlord rents out their premises to a, no, a person who is known or perceived to be LGBTQ, and they are convicted under this law more than once, they are defined as a serial offender. If any LGBTQ person who is living their life in Uganda breaks the law more than once, that could be speaking out, that could be identifying as LGBTQ, that could be two consenting adults. But as long as you're convicted more than once, then you become a serial offender and you could be executed. What about two young people, two minors? The, that's very interesting. This law that the Ugandans, the Ugandan member of parliament are saying is here to protect children, this law would criminalize young queer persons, young LGBTQ persons, and I'm saying young LGBTQ persons who are under the age of 18, to three years in prison if they're identified as LGBTQ. Well, Previously, we have seen that young people, if they identified as LGBTQ, they could get frowned upon, they could get suspended from school or expelled from school. Right now, this law proposes that they should go to prison for three years. And three years in Uganda for a child, that is the maximum penalty under the Children's Act. Now, already there is a ban on gay sex. Is that right, Frank? There is already a law that criminalizes same-sex acts to life in prison. We have the sodomy laws that most of the African countries have that were unfortunately introduced by the British. Where is all of this coming from? The hatred, the radicalization of the Ugandan population to hate and fear LGBTQ persons is not Ugandan at all. The Ugandan society has always lived with homosexual persons, as we, 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 we call homosexuals in Uganda, with LGBTQ persons in societies. They were never killed. They were never arrested. The homophobia and transphobia we are seeing towards queer and trans persons in Uganda is from the West. It is mostly peddled by extreme American evangelicals. Just last week, we had American evangelicals in Uganda attending a conference that was titled the Interparliamentary Conference on African Values. But the agenda for this conference was anti-gay and anti-gender. In fact, some of the African members of parliament who attended this conference 
are trying to introduce similar legislation in other countries. For example, Kenya, a member of parliament who attended this conference in Uganda that was heavily supported by American evangelicals, is now trying to introduce a similar legislation in Kenya. We are seeing this anti-gay uh, propaganda and anti-gay legislations moving around Africa. Ghana already has one. We are worried about other countries like Burundi, Tanzania, that could introduce similar legislations. The Washington Post recently ran an article headlined, The U.S. Connection to Uganda's Kill the Gays Bill. I want to read from the article. It says, in 2020, London-based Open Democracy found that more than 20 American religious organizations advocating against LGBTQ rights, safe abortion, access to contraceptives and comprehensive sex education had spent at least $54 million furthering their agendas in Africa since 2007. Close to half that figure was spent in conservative, predominantly Christian Uganda alone. That's the piece from The Washington Post. Frank, can you talk more about this, and specifically about the U.S. evangelical pastor Scott Lively, who's told the Ugandan parliament that homosexuality is a Western-imported disease? Uh, Scott Lively is an American uh, evangelical pastor. And I'm sure many people in America, in the United States, might not know him. But in Uganda, he's famous. When he first traveled to Uganda and he publicly held meetings with politicians, Ugandan government officials, he told Ugandans homosexuality is a Western agenda that needs to be fought. He introduced Western language that was not Ugandan. He introduced language of homosexuals promote homosexuality. He introduced language like homosexuals recruit children into homosexuality. He introduced language homosexuality is a Western agenda. This was not Ugandan language. This was language that was introduced to Ugandans by American uh, evangelical Scott Lively. We worked together with our partner, the Center for Constitutional Rights, CCR, to hold Scott Lively accountable. In fact, we went to court, and for the first time, a judge in Massachusetts said that persecution of LGBTQ persons could amount to crimes against humanity. And for us, we exposed the hatred that Scott Lively was exporting to Uganda. Frank Mugisha, in 2011, your friend David Cato, who's really considered the father of Uganda's gay rights movement, was bludgeoned to death. It was very painful, uh, but also worrying for many of us when David, uh, my colleague David Cato was murdered. Uh, David Cato was murdered at his house, so that, you know, petrified me, and many people indeed were worried and scared for their own personal lives, but also for the safety of the community. Uh, right, right after that, a few years later, the situation improved a bit for the LGBTQ community, but most recently, we've seen the situation get worse. 
Many LGBTQ persons in Uganda have been violated. Many LGBTQ persons in Uganda are getting arrested. There's a, an increase in blackmail and extortion. There's an increase of social exclusion. And right now, what we're seeing is not only crackdown on LGBTQ persons from law enforcement, but we're seeing harassment from ordinary Ugandans. Ordinary Ugandans. We are worried that if this legislation is signed, we will see mob justice. We are seeing communities, for instance, raiding schools where perceived LGBTQ persons work. We are seeing workshops and events getting raided. We are seeing people getting arrested for simply and getting undressed. Transgender persons on national television are getting addressed. So the situation has gotten worse in the past um, year and recent months. I wanted to get your impression of what's happening here. According to the ACLU, there have been 419 anti-LGBT laws introduced in the United States just in this year alone. What message does this send to politicians in Uganda and Africa? Uh, that is very good to note. First of all, to see that um, the issue of homophobia, transphobia, the backlash the LGBT community is facing is not only an African problem, it's a global problem. So Africa should not be seen as the only, you know, homophobic place, but homophobia and transphobia is happening increasingly. Uh, around the world now. Some of the text that we are seeing in some of the legislations, for example, in Uganda and, and other places in Africa, is similar to text of the legislations being introduced here. But for African politicians, this is good. This is good for them. They are using that in saying, even in developed countries, Homosexuality is not accepted. And I've seen videos of misinformation and disinformation circulating around, quoting some of the political leaders, saying they don't support homosexuality. And, you know, so the politicians in Africa will use anything homophobic and transphobic to try and justify what they are doing. That's Frank Mugisha, one of the leading LGBTQ activists in Uganda, executive director of Sexual Minorities Uganda. I'm Amy Goodman. Visit democracynow.org to see the full interview with Frank Mugisha. President Yaweri Museveni has not signed the anti-homosexuality bill. On constitutional grounds, he's asking Parliament to eliminate the provisions that criminalize simply coming out and those that mandate the death penalty for repeat offenders. Meanwhile, a report by the UK's Institute for Journalism and Social Change has discovered that millions in British and US aid donations have gone to anti-queer religious organizations in Uganda. Although the anti-homosexuality bill is not yet law, six young men were arrested in March for appearing in a viral gay sex video. Bail has been denied because the judge believes they will be safer in jail than freed to what he called a biased society.
Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by David Hunt and Melanie Keller and produced by Brian DeShazer. Special thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation and listener donors Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. They help make this program possible, and so can you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on KRFP Moscow, Idaho, WREK Atlanta, Georgia, 8CCC Alice Springs, Australian Northern Territory, and more than 200 other local community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all. <laughs>